updates are on all this this is the 550 ktsa morning news with trey ware good information now on fm 107.1 he's so excited because he gets to sleep in starting monday <laughs> well we're gonna miss you you done good this week and i expect really nasty funk for your last day until you go back to afternoons with Ricardi. Okay? All right. Good morning to you, Don. Good morning to you, Don. I can just say Don, and I've got it covered. I'm like George Foreman. Yeah. Hey, George, come here. All i got to say is Don, come here. Both of y'all come run it. I love that. It's wonderful. Well, it happened a little while ago. Yeah. Remember we were talking before the show? Yeah. And I was walking out of the room, and you said, hey, Don. <laughs> you were talking to him. That and one. I, and I opened the door and looked back in. <laughs> Well, I should call him by his real name, Super Cooper, see? There right. was a Super Cooper here years ago. Yeah. That's his uncle, right? right? But Don has assumed that mantle of being Super Cooper these days. So we used to call his uh, uncle Cooper. I worked for I worked for him for many, many years before I even knew Don. Right. And uh, we used to call him Coop, Super Coop. Yeah, George Super Cooper, man, what a hero. What a great guy. Super Coop the sequel. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Come from a talented family over there because his brother was a rock and roll singer, and this boy can sing, too. Yeah, that's right. All right, so it's a Friday, so it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. The humidity is down. The sunshine is up. The the stars are shining bright right now, deep in the heart of Texas. It looks fantastic out there, and our weather's going to be great this weekend. So I hope you can get out and enjoy it. And everything's right in the world because the Cowboys beat the Seahawks hey, last what night. what a game, though. <laughs> I, I didn't get to watch the while it was live, but I watched some of the highlights this morning. Oh, baby. Man, I'm sorry I missed that one. Wow. What a thriller. Well, right down to the last minute. But you knew it was going to happen, though, because they're both decent teams. Right. You know, and well-coached, you know, stacked up. 
You know, and the Cowboys are having one of those years that when they meet a mediocre team, right? And they're you know the Seahawks are a good team, but it's, they're like a five hundred team, right? Yeah. But those are the ones they struggle against. They go up against great teams, and man, they just they do they rise to the occasion. But they're having a tough time with the five hundred teams. But last night they won. And uh, and like Don said, it, it was right down to the end, man, all the way. It took a, a last-minute deal yeah. from uh, from Dak Prescott and the rest of them, and they did good. Yeah, so. they did. All right, Cowboys. You know, Seattle's one of those teams that you know you may not think so, but they can make you look bad real Oh, they quick. can, yeah. <laughs> oh, they can. I yeah. mean, Pete Carroll's got a history of doing that mm-hmm. in, a, in a hurry. Um, okay, so I, l- let me just dive into some of the new stuff. There's all kinds of stuff to cover today, and as we always do, the phones are always open. You can always get in here at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Yes, I'm going to talk about Newsom and, uh, and, and DeSantis and the debate. I watched that, too. Uh, and so we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into the newest lawsuit from our attorney general. This time he's going after some big pharma companies, and rightly so. And we're going to talk about that. So um, let, let's cue all that up and get all that ready. Uh, the poop map, we're going to talk about that. Gag order, speaking of poop map, gag order, we're going to talk about that. Tucker Carlson in the news. Uh, you got uh, Israel uh, going back at it after Antony Blinken tried to get over there and keep Israel from doing – from. You know what they got to do. And uh, the Jeffrey Epstein flight log, that was in the news yesterday, uh, late yesterday. So I want to get to all this stuff, but I want to start with our border. The Biden border crisis is getting worse, not better, worse by the minute. 9,400 illegal aliens flooded over the southern border in the last 24 hours, according to Bill Malugin over at Fox News, who pretty much lives there now, down at the border. 9,400 encounters with illegal aliens at the U.S. southern border in the last 24 hours being released into the United States. Now, I brought this up on Ware and Rima, and I, I'm not real sure if I brought it up here on my show. But we've had some major changes to the structure and the protection, force protection, of our country because this administration is trying to get as many illegal aliens into this country as they can while they can, before they're tossed out of office, hopefully next year, and they won't be able to do it anymore. They won't have the opportunity to bring in any more illegal aliens because they know what we all know is if you get them here, they're never going to be told, forced, coerced, or convinced to leave. In fact, the opposite is going to happen, just as uh, Alejandro Ayocas has been saying all week long, we need amnesty for these folks that are here. We need amnesty. We've got to have amnesty. All the calls for amnesty now, which basically is just, you know, free citizenship. So everybody who came here the right way and played by the rules and followed the law, well, that doesn't matter anymore, okay? When you've got a rogue commie administration... The law doesn't matter. And so what they have done, they have taken force protection troops, these guys that are trained to protect our national interests, national federal buildings, federal monuments, etc. They have taken them to the border, and those folks, according to their boss in test- testimony before Congress this week, Those force protection troops that are supposed to protect our national interests here in this country are now glorified Uber drivers at the border. 
They're driving illegal aliens to doctor's appointments, to hospital visits, etc. So that the Border Patrol can be freed up and not have to do that anymore and can go and walk more illegal aliens into the country. Go get them and bring them into the country. While at the same time, we had testimony also this week from the head of the Air Marshal Council. And she told us that there are no more Air Marshals flying in airplanes to make sure that jihadis don't take over the airplanes and fly them into buildings anymore. They also have been taken out of the airplanes and sent to the border to be processors. Not border protection. Not force protection at the border, but processors to process more illegal aliens into the country. Meanwhile, we are kicking, not we, this administration is kicking veterans out of their veteran homes. They're kicking them into the street so that illegal aliens will have a place to live in this country. Now, I have played for you on occasion on this show Joe Biden back in 2015 talking about the dream of the left, and that's when he was vice president. Their dream, according to his boss, Barack Obama, who is still his boss to this day, the dream was to replace American-born folk and replace white people with people from other nationalities around the world, foreign-born and of other races and mixes. That's what he said in 2015. You can look it up for yourself. Again, I've played it for you here on the show, that that's exactly what they were going to do when given the opportunity. And they've got the opportunity right now, and they are doing it. Once again, another proof that what we're dealing with here is a third term for Barack Hussein Obama. Everything that is going on right now, fits right into his mojo. So here's a headline for you. Foreign-born population hits 49.5 million under Biden, largest ever in American history. In October, the foreign-born population reached almost 50 million, increasing by 4.5 million foreign-born residents since Biden took office in January of 2021. Now, we see that if you've got your head up and you're looking around, you see it everywhere you go. You see what the streets of this country are looking like. You see an overloaded hospital system if you go to the emergency room. You see what's happening to this country. Because they're not bringing in people that are looking to do what this country needs. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. They don't believe that. They've turned that upside down just like Manuel Cordova this week did to Ronald Reagan's quote. We're from the government. We're here to help you. Remember when he said that this week? They flipped the John Kennedy thing. Ask not what your government can do for you. Ask what you can do for your government. No, that's upside down. Ask what your government can do for you, not what you can do for your government. And so 
it continues to get worse as we now continue to see trainloads of army-aged men riding on top of trains through Mexico to the border, being escorted into our country, and at the same moment, we know that terrorists on the terror watch list have made it into the country, and Alejandro Mayorkas has been asked by Ted Cruz and other senators, where are these people, and he says we don't know. Now, they locked up a bunch of, a, a bunch of guys for going to the Capitol on J6, they locked those guys up, but they can't find the terrorists that they led into the country. While at the same moment, this administration has pulled air marshals off the airplanes and forced protection service members from our monuments and our federal buildings and our national interests and took them to the coast to be glorified, or took them to the border to be glorified Uber drivers. This administration is the biggest threat to the United States of America. Why, why are you laughing, Don 2? Wait a minute, are you Don 1 or Don 2? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Juan Don. Don 1. I don't know. Why are you laughing over there? You're, you're even red to the point of your laughing. Why? What's up? Well, I'm just glad my Yeti's covered. <laughs> well, that's a good thing uh, on a day like today. <laughs> you don't want your Yeti just flapping in the breeze. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, that's right. No, you don't. <laughs> Well, this is the time of day that I imagine that people are driving along, staring at red brake lights with a Yeti between their legs. Don't you imagine that, too? I well, try not to think about that, Trey, well, but, but it's, you know, whatever floats your boat, Frico. No, <laughs> no. I mean, they got hot coffee and they're driving into the oh, office. Oh, the, oh, the thermal the Yeti. Co- oh, okay. The thermal right. Yeti. It might be Arctic, but I, I prefer th- Yeti. I thought it was some new street lingo that I wasn't <laughs> up on. Or something, but. From your black rapper, yeah. morning show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, no. This is this still is a family show, right? Of course it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. very a very dysfunctional family. We really are. <laughs> and uh, and with three guys here and and no Elaine this morning, we're gonna try. And, and yeah, where Ryan is Elaine? Uh, not feeling well. Oh, that's yeah, got, got a little headache. So um, I wonder if she's in her moo moo this morning. Maybe. Yeah, probably so. We love you and we miss you. Wish you were here, but that's okay. We'll, because we'll you know, it. I have no, I have nobody pretty to look at today. See. So. Hey, I take offense at that. I resemble that remark. Well, you probably should. <laughs> you meant it that way. So, so if she's not here yeah. to kind of discipline us, we can just go wild and crazy. No, nope. I guess no, no we won't because she has my hotline number yeah, right here. Right. She knows how to reach out to me. So. Trey is still ultimately responsible. For whatever <laughs> exactly right. I got to keep this thing in the air between the hours of five and nine. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. All right. Attorney General Ken Paxton has filed a lawsuit against Pfizer for misrepresentation of COVID nineteen vaccine efficacy and information censorship. Ladies and gentlemen, every single Republican attorney general in the country needs to sign on to this lawsuit and go get them. The lawsuit asserts that Pfizer engaged in misrepresenting the vaccine's efficacy, particularly challenging the claim 95% effectiveness, and accuses the company of trying to stifle public debate on the matter. I believe that that's exactly what these companies did. Attorney General Paxton is accusing Pfizer of violating the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act through false, deceptive, and misleading acts and practices. It did not keep you from getting it. And Uncle Fauci admitted that it did not keep you from getting it. Uncle Fauci said, 
Well, you know, remember at first, remember at first, their whole line between him and Joe Biden was, if you get the shot, you're not going to get COVID. And then all of a sudden, people who got the shot were getting COVID. And I started to wonder, because I got it, I got the shot, and I started to wonder, wait just a minute, are they giving you COVID with the shot? Seriously, I started to think that. And that's, that, came, that was the end of any more shots for me. So the lawsuit is here to highlight the company's claims that the vaccine has a 95% efficacy rate, which is a damn lie because a lot of people that got the vaccine got COVID. So there is no 95% efficacy rate. But then they changed their, their line from you won't get COVID to, well, if you get it, it's going to help you manage it better. So it wasn't a vaccine to keep you from getting it as they said at the beginning, turned out to be then a therapeutic. And it's not even that anymore because, well, people who get the vaccine and get COVID still can get pretty darn sick. So the attorney general is going after that. The lawsuit also alleges that Pfizer misrepresented the durability of the vaccine's protection because you remember, you get this, you're done, you're good. And now you got to get it every you know couple of weeks. Get another shot every couple of weeks. There's Travis Kelsey on TV. Get another one. Go get another one. Go get another. Get two shots at one time, says Travis Kelsey. Pfizer is accused of taking aggressive measures to suppress critics and silence truth tellers who the company labeled as criminals spreading misinformation. According to the lawsuit, General Paxton says, Many were coerced by tyrannical vaccine mandates to take a product that was sold based on lies. Amen, Attorney General Paxton. He went on to say the Biden administration may have weaponized the pandemic to force public health decrees and enrich big pharma, but my office will use every tool available to protect our citizens who were misled and harmed by Pfizer's actions. Good stuff. Uh, I, again, hope that every single Republican governor in the country signs on to this lawsuit and we get the truth about the stuff they forced us in some instances particularly those in the military and those who were flying airplanes they forced you to take it or they would fire you so it is time now to find the truth about this and we're finding out the truth about the wuhan lab china's involvement in releasing covid and the fact that anthony fauci knew that the Wuhan lab was bad news back in 2017, years before we ever heard the word COVID. Okay, I was wrong about the Newsom and uh, and DeSantis debate because um, I, I said, you know, what's the point? <laughs> but it did have a point. Now, it was a mess, I'm going to tell you that, but it had a point. And here are the notes that I made, and then I want you to hear a couple of pieces of sound that just buried Gavin Newsom, first of all. Newsom is a typical leftist Democrat. He is a rude bully. (laughs) He spent the entire night talking over Hannity and DeSantis. And any time that he was asked a straight-up yes or no question or, you know, any other kind of question, he would deflect, change the subject, and then start yelling over at Ron DeSantis. He did that all night and talked all over Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity could not control Gavin Newsom, and they are friends. Hannity and Newsom are friends. That's how this whole thing came about. Hannity said, we just kind of hit it off. You know, we don't agree politically, but we just kind of hit it off. Let's have a debate. You know, bring in Ron DeSantis. 
And I think what they were thinking is they were going to get rid of Ron DeSantis, but the opposite happened. So the second effect, first effect was it exposed Gavin Newsom as a jerk, rude bully, like every other Democrat. But it also showed that Ron DeSantis is still a great leader, a great leader, which has not come out in the debates that we've had so far on the Republican candidacy. But he did a phenomenal job last night. A-plus for Ron DeSantis. Total F for Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom told many verifiable lies about his state and the laws that he has passed in his state and his policies he has passed in his state, which has turned it into a hellhole. He told many lies about Florida. Gavin Newsom did. He told lies about the Family Protection Act that was passed in Florida and signed by Ron DeSantis that is wildly popular in Florida, protecting moms and dads and their ability to know and have an input into their children's lives. And what uh, Gavin Newsom said about that is there have been 1,400 books that you have banned. No books have been banned in Florida, and if you pay attention to the real news, not MSNBC and not ABC. But if you pay attention to the real news, you know that no books were banned in Florida. Not a one. There's been no book banning. But he said it many, many times last night. And then he said, You're, why do you hate LGBTQ people? And that there's never been an act, never been a word from Ron DeSantis about hating LGBTQ people. Now, the other thing he lied about last night... He's not running for president. Of course he's running for president. He is running a shadow campaign because he knows what we all know. They're going to shuffle Joe off. They're going to find a reason to replace Joe, and they're going to bring somebody else in during their summertime soiree. And that somebody he's hoping, Gavin Newsom is hoping, is going to be him. Now, I still think, and my big fear is it's going to be Michelle Obama because she's going to be pretty much almost impossible to beat if they bring her in. Now, let me say this. Earlier in the week, I was talking about debates, presidential debates, and I said several things about how debates should go going forward because what is happening now with presidential debates just didn't work for any of us. We're not getting anything out of it. There's nothing accomplished other than we just waste 90 minutes to two hours of our time. And you don't walk away with any, with any information that you don't already have. So what I, what I said we should do with these presidential debates is forget this stuff about going to Texas State University, blah, 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 go, you know, wherever. Don't, don't do that. Have them in a studio where it's quiet without a studio audience, one moderator, like Hannity was the moderator last night, but a moderator who is not on the air. Because the ones who are on the air are activists. And you don't want an activist. So they got Fox got that part right last night because they had it in a studio with just the two candidates and Sean Hannity. Now where they got it wrong was that Hannity should not have been the moderator, should have been somebody that's even out of the media. 
And then they spent all this time setting up the questions, you know. And again, the host, the moderator, got more time than the two guys to discuss it. So what I think is you have a, you have a person sitting there, man or woman, I don't care, and they say one word to the candidates. Mr. Trump, immigration. Mr. Biden, immigration. And then let them talk about immigration and let them talk among themselves. I think we'll learn a whole lot more that way. But but Fox was closer to having it right than, than all the others so far, uh, as far as the setup was concerned. And, again, Sean Hannity could not control Gavin Newsom last night. Gavin Newsom just kept running off at the mouth. There were two really big moments when you could have just – they could have turned off the studio lights and moved on. I'm going to give you a couple of them real quick. Don, I'm going to start with cut number five here. And what uh, Ron DeSantis did, talking about how California has changed under Gavin Newsom. First of all, when he was mayor of San Francisco and now governor of California. (laughs) And he brought teaching aides with him. He pulled out a map. Listen to this. This is... This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town, then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own people. Okay, there you go. That was outstanding and 100% accurate. In fact, you can get an app on your phone that will show you where the poop is on the streets of San Francisco so you can avoid it. And the the reports have soared. In 2011, 5,547 human feces reports to the San Francisco Department of Public Works. In 2018, it was 28,000. Since 2011, the period covered by the new map, there have been at least 118,352 reported instances of human fecal matter on city streets in San Francisco. And according to their own reporting from the San Francisco Chronicle, the number of 311 calls about feces-related service requests in San Francisco went up 400%. 400%. Now, in cut number six, this was the end of it <laughs> for Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom kept trying to say, that California is the land of the free, and more and more people are moving from Florida to California, which simply is not true. That's absolutely a verifiable lie. That's not true. But we're the freest state in the nation. That's absolutely not true. There are more regulations, more laws on the books that affect the lives of average Californians than any other state in the nation. But once again, Ron DeSantis comes with the facts. And this was the end of the night, in my view, for Gavin Newsom. Listen to this. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count 
Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a couple months ago, and I had some of the cops in San Francisco do a beeline to come over to me, and I didn't know what they were going to say. And they're like, we want to thank you for standing for law enforcement, because we don't get that support in the All state right. of California. So people understand me... quality of life matters. They understand that Florida's doing it right. And I can tell you the numbers speak for themselves. We have way more Let people move moving on. to this state than leaving. Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving in. And those are the facts, including his own in-laws left California for Florida. Sean Murphy just sent me a text. He said, you know who ought to be the debate moderator? Elon Musk. <laughs> he would be great. Uh, a lot of people would tune in. After yeah. Trump would show up for that. Probably. You know, uh... <laughs> With what we had from Elon yesterday, wouldn't it be great to hear that during a debate? <laughs> yeah, it would. Hey, you either shut up or you go. <laughs> I love that idea. I don't know that truck. Have G you seen the? Have you seen the truck? Yeah, I love the truck. Okay, so they had a drag race between the truck and a Porsche yesterday, and the truck won. Yeah, Elon's truck beat the Porsche in a drag race. Mm -hmm. Think about that for just a minute. That's why I like my Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> it, only go, it only goes a half a mile, but you love it anyway. No, man. I, no, I got about 300 miles on a charge, so it's okay. Yeah. And I get there real fast. So, That's exactly yeah. right, until your wife turns the power down on you. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, you know when I drove it from here to Oregon, uh -huh. uh, I, and I did this on purpose, okay. I did most of my driving while she was asleep. Well, there you go. So I was hauling ass. Yeah, and she could... <laughs> She could not she do anything no about idea, it, right? right? For those who don't know, his wife owns a Tesla, and she allows him to borrow it every once in a while. Right. But because it is uh, hooked up to an app, it's nothing but a computer on wheels. She's able to regulate his speed, and she'll do it. Right. So he'll be running 100 miles an hour out in the West Texas desert, and she'll go, oh, no, you don't. No, 55, down you go. for that. <laughs> Well, she's like, what's the speed limit out there? I don't know. 90? She's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so she can she controls your life in more ways than, than one. Yeah, but sometimes I like it. So Well, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> well, you know, not only for that aspect, but, but there's a little less thinking on my Exa half, so. Hey, that's exactly right. You know, I just go through, you know, I just got to do what I got to do. My you know? wife is a million times smarter than I am. There is no doubt, right. no question about that. She's yeah. got more common sense than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Next to my dad, and uh, just a brilliant woman. So I learned a long time. We've been together 40 years, and I learned a long time ago. You know, it's probably best if I just let her run the show. Yeah, but <laughs> you know? I think it's important for people in this business, you know, broadcasting as a whole, not just radio, but TV as well. Yeah. Uh, when you marry somebody, make sure they are far more. And it's not difficult to <laughs> right. marry somebody far more intelligent than you are because, well, you're not thinking straight, obviously. Right. So, you know, you need to have somebody who can help call take over when it's time to call the shots sure and you know? and and with her too and this was the same thing with my mom she's been in uh, in radio almost as long as i have right you know what i mean yeah as a spouse of a radio guy yeah. so she has really good thoughts and input and ideas and Be because, stuff like that because here's what happens when, when you when it comes time to make a decision on something and something's coming up the you know as a radio person the first thing you think of is how well, this is going to sound great when i talk about this tomorrow <laughs> 
<laughs> when I talk about this tomorrow morning, <laughs> and it's usually because you've made a bad choice. So, <laughs> so you have to have somebody in your life you screwed who something up who, who doesn't care about talking about stuff <laughs> in the air exactly tomorrow morning right. and can make a reasonable decision, not one that's entertaining to the general public. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's exactly right. I've been at it since I was 16. I don't know how many times I've done something and thought, yeah. man, this is going to sound great when I talk about this right. tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm also bull in a china shop. Are you surprised uh, by that? Not at all. Yeah. No. no. So, I call you. I call you cocaine bear. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That would be me yeah. without the cocaine, right. actually. But uh, Elaine calls me Tasmania Devil. She that calls too. me Taz. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and for that reason, I don't do well when I'm trying to deal with businesses and people on the phone. I just don't do well with that because right. you know I don't spend a lot of time doing that. And she's wonderful at that. She can yeah. you know. Right. Fix a bad credit card or this, that, or whatever needs to be done. So I just let her handle all that. Yeah. You know? It's a good idea. Yeah. You know? I have one every once in a while. <laughs> Very rare. Occasionally. About as many times as I get to drive the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> hands on a credit card. <laughs> That's right. Okay. It's, and it's always the same result. <laughs> Maximum speed. That's right. Yeah. As fast as I can go. As you can exactly go. right. Okay. So here we go with uh, Chris Como. Cut number three, Don. I think this is pretty interesting. So let's go ahead and roll this before the break, and then I'll have some comments after the top of the hour news. Chris Cuomo, remember him from CNN? Hated Trump, voted against Trump. Wait just a minute. Listen to him you now. Can sit it out? Or are you going to go? Oh, if, it's, if it's Biden, Trump, look, for me, again, um, we survived a Trump administration. Uh, would we survive another one? Yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Trump is like this crazy man. Well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially. Yeah. I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. All right, so uh, this week alone, BLM leader and now Chris Cuomo saying, yeah, Trump's fine. So the Trump campaign couldn't keep their nose out of last night. Of course, Ron DeSanctimonious is acting more like a thirsty third-rate OnlyFans wannabe model than an actual presidential candidate. Instead of actually campaigning and trying to turn around his dismal poll numbers, DeSanctis is now so desperate for attention that he's debating a grade-A loser like Gavin Newsom. According to Trump spokesperson Stephen Young, Young continued at the debate, Ron will flail his arms and bobble his head wildly, looking more like a San Francisco crackhead than the governor of Florida. This isn't a prediction, it's a spoiler. It's never been clearer that Ron DeSanctis doesn't have his eye on the ball despite falling to fifth place in New Hampshire and failing to gain any ground in Iowa for months. DeSantis appears to already be auditioning for a career in reality television with tonight's circus with Gavin Newsom. That was from the Trump campaign prior to the debate last night, and that's not how that debate went at all. He was not flailing his arms. He didn't look like an old OnlyFans candidate. Uh, he did a great job last night. He really, I gotta just, I'll tell you, he did a great job last night. He, I, he did himself some good. Now, it's not gonna move the needle. It's not gonna change what's happening in the Republican primary. It's not what's, that's not gonna change. Uh, Nikki Haley and, and the momentum that she has right now, I don't think that's gonna change that at all. 
the clear leader of the Republican Party right now in the in the candidacy is is obviously Donald Trump. So his people got it wrong last night. I don't know that he even knew that that went up on the Truth Social last night. I have no idea if he if he backed that or not. That was from a so- spokesperson with his campaign, but that's not how I saw it at all. And I'll tell you at six twenty how I saw it. Meanwhile. A New York appellate court yesterday denied Donald Trump and his legal team their request to keep that gag order lifted in that case in New York. His free speech rights, in fact, most of his rights, have been trampled on by this administration. And yesterday, Tucker Carlson was on with on the, the Roseanne Barr show. She got a podcast, doesn't everybody? And he was saying that he became a fan and a supporter of Donald Trump when Mar-a-Lago was raided. And Tucker Carlson made a really good point about this because he said, look, here's the deal. We can't have a two-tier justice system in this country, and that's what we have, that this Department of Justice under Joe Biden, which is Barack Obama, is taking one person and taking this person, trying to take their main competition out by weaponizing the Department of Justice. And Mar-a-Lago was the clearest example that we have of that. Tucker went on to say yesterday, look, I I, I have supported uh, his policies for a long time, but I'm an observer. I'm a watcher. I'm a voyeur. That's my job. That's my life. That's what I do. And so I don't typically get involved with people and their campaigns and back their campaigns and all that. But he said, I became a Trump supporter when the FBI raided this man's home. Because we can't have that. Because we are no better at that point than the Soviets, than the Chicoms, than the Castro bros down in Cuba. Or the way anybody else outside of this country runs their campaigns when you take your military forces and have them raid the home of your chief political opponent who did nothing wrong, absolutely did nothing wrong. As President of the United States, he could have those documents. He did nothing wrong. While Joe Biden had documents, and Joe Biden wasn't the president at the time when he had the documents hanging out by the car, and yet they have already said the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland under Barack Obama, has already said, we are not going to go after Joe on this. He's clear. But we're going to try to put Trump in jail, in prison, for a thousand years. And so Trump has been speaking out, as he should. He is a citizen of this free country, and they cannot violate his First Amendment rights. They cannot, and they're doing it with this gag order. That's a violation of his First Amendment rights. And and here's why I say that. Because they didn't put a gag order on the offense, on the prosecutors. They can say anything they want to say. They can taint a jury pool, and there's no jury in this trial. But they can taint everything in the world with whatever they want to say. The only person, the only team that has to keep their mouth shut is Donald Trump and his defense team. That's wrong as I'm sitting here. It's wrong. Just like it was wrong to raid the man's house. And everything else they are doing are attempting to do to Donald Trump, has been absolutely wrong. It is third world banana republic crapola that these guys are pulling, trying to eliminate him. And that's why now the Democrats and the left are having their fantasies in their media about Donald Trump dying before the election next year.
Have you ever heard anything like that in your life? So the gag order from the appellate court in New York will stay in place, and Donald Trump not allowed to talk as of right now, even though, even though the judge's sister, the judge in this case, who will be deciding Donald Trump's fate, the judges, there's no jury, the judge will be deciding his fate. The judge's sister is all over social media with blank Trump, F Trump memes, and Donald Trump without any hair, looking like he's in an orange jumpsuit mug shot without any hair. She's posting all of this stuff, and she is the, br- the sister of the judge in this case. And Donald Trump can't even point that out because, oh, there's a gag order. I can't even point that out. Can't talk about how the judge's law clerk has something of some kind of a very close relationship with Chuck Schumer. And that's how this whole thing started, is that Trump said, this is not fair. That's Chuck Schumer's girlfriend sitting there whispering in the judge's ear during the whole trial. And then, of course, if you read further and read Byron York in the Washington Examiner, what you find out is that Deutsche Bank totally destroyed Letitia James' case against Donald Trump in New York. This case should have been dismissed if you didn't have a radical judge overseeing this case. He would have dismissed it the minute Deutsche Bank said in their testimony that they did their due diligence when Donald Trump came and asked for a loan. They did their due diligence, which every bank is supposed to do, they investigated the properties. They attached a value to a prop to the properties, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Donald Trump paid off every loan that he got from Deutsche Bank, and they came back and actively pursued more business with Donald Trump. And they testified to that. They testified to that in the case this week that not only was everything on the up and up. Not only did they do their due diligence, which they're supposed to do, how much value to attach to these properties that he's putting up as collateral, they did all that. He paid off the loan early, took care of business, took care of it, paid it off early, boom, 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 boom. So much so, he was such a a, a fantastic customer of theirs, they started chasing him to take out more loans. Case closed. Case dismissed. In a legitimate court of law, this is a kangaroo court. That's all this is. A kangaroo court. And Donald Trump, they are trying to railroad him. And I've been telling you from the beginning, persecute, which they started to do the minute he came down that escalator. They continued to persecute him with Hillary and that fake Russia collusion story. Then you move into prosecute. That's where you start prosecuting your political opposition for everything in the world. You make stuff up and you pr- prosecute them, and then you, if that doesn't work, then you eliminate them, which is the road that these people are on, and they have already begun their fantasies about his death before the election happens. 
should tell you everything these people are all about. Let's dive into uh, some of last night's debate moments. And where do I want to start? I think, I think, I think I'll start with cut number seven, Ron DeSantis giving some credit to Gavin Newsom for some wonderful freedoms that they experience in California. At one point, tried to say that California was the freedom state. I just kind of laugh, like you're locking people down, you're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it, you know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open-air drug market and use drugs. You have a freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California, and the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. That's right. Okay, and cut number five. Oh, what, what? Hold on a second. What a minute. Wait, what, what, what? When I was a kid, pitching a tent had a whole different meaning. <laughs> well, of course it did. <laughs> not the, it's not the same anymore. You know, why am I not surprised he takes it to Dirty Town? Every of course time. he does. <laughs> Man, what a perv. Yeah. Um, okay, so in, in cut number five, I'm moving on. As you can tell, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> cut number five, Ron DeSantis, um, he brought uh, teaching aids. It was kind of like show and tell. Just so you'll know, the poop mess in San Francisco, I, I know this is the breakfast time and I know that, but the, 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 this is reality. The poop mess in San Francisco has gotten so bad that there are apps you can download on your phone to give you warnings as to where it is on the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> so DeSantis brought a map from one of the apps that showed it. And the entire city of San Francisco is covered in human poop. Listen to this. This is, this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered, because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags That's there. Right. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own people. That's a, that's a million percent correct. Just last week, Xi Jinping comes to town. They clean up. They take the homeless guys and they shove them away. They clean up the poop on the streets. All the guys who are zombies walk around because they're on Trank. You can look up Trank if you want to. It's a horse uh, uh, liniment. Anyway, they're on that. They're injecting that in San Francisco in great ways. And so they're all walking around like zombies. Their limbs are falling off. Remember Michael Jackson's thriller, the guy's limbs falling off because they're old dead guys? That's what you've got in San Francisco. That's what it looks like out there with poop all over the streets. It's bad. It's horrible. And Gavin Newsom is largely responsible. He's not the only one who did this to, to California, but he's largely responsible for it. All right, so this was the nail in the coffin for last night. Debate should have been over at this point. Let's just call it a night and go to the house. Gavin Newsom <laughs> brought up this absurd point that he was trying to make, that more people are moving to California from Florida than 
than the other way around. There's We have tons of people coming here to California from Florida, which simply is a verifiable lie. That's not true at all. More people have been coming to Texas, and many of you came from California, so you know, and to Florida, than any other state or states in the country. There is a mass exodus out of California, and it's all verifiable. You can look at the census numbers all day long. So Gavin Newsom showed himself last night to be the typical Democrat lying bully that all Democrats are. They lie and they bully their opponent, and that's what Gavin Newsom did during that entire debate last night. Talked all over Sean Hannity. Hannity couldn't get a word in edgewise, nor could DeSantis. But Ron DeSantis put to rest once and for all the story of, in cut number six, the story of who's moving where. Listen to this. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, and oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. Yeah. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco That's good enough a couple there, months Don. ago. We can, we can leave it there because I want to run out of time here, and I want to get uh, another thought in here. Did this change the Republican candidacy and what's going on in the Republican primary? No, it did not. It did not, not one little bit. Um, it, it, in fact, I, it, I don't think it changed American politics at all. And that is something that I said earlier in the week, that this is going to be useless as far as changing anything that's going on in our political landscape, right? Gavin Newsom lied his butt off again last night when he said he's not going to, he's not running a campaign for president. Yes, he is. He's running a shadow campaign. That's why he went to Ukraine. That's why he tried to go to Israel. That's why he went to China and kowtowed to Xi Jinping. That's why he did everything that he has been doing in the past 12 months or more because he knows what we all know Joe can't run next year. There's no way. It's a game right now. It's a ruse they're playing right now. They're going to bring somebody in in their summer at their convention. My fear is what people have been telling me is going to come true, and that's going to be Michelle Obama. <coughs> but anyway, Gavin is hoping that it's going to be him, and that's why he wanted to do this last night. I, I think that ser served another purpose because somebody somewhere is trying to get at uh, Ron DeSantis, and they wanted Gavin Newsom to read the talking points and try to beat up Ron DeSantis. But the opposite is what happened last night. I think it made DeSantis look good, and I. But he, and, and I, I do like him, but he is. It's not going to change what's happening in the Republican primary right now. And the reason for that is, I think, many fold. First of all, most of us who are voting age, we remember a couple of years ago. We remember how things were going. We remember that America was on the right track. We remember how great it was under Donald Trump, and that's why you've got people like Chris Cuomo saying he could vote for Donald Trump, while you have the BLM leader saying, no, no, I'm voting for Donald Trump. I support Donald Trump. You're seeing all these people beginning to wake up and realize, hey, we had it really good three years ago, and now we're being attacked, and now everything is too expensive, and now, 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 now. The other thing that Donald Trump has going for him right now, people in this country are 
fair and decent people for the most part with the exception of Democrats. They are not fair and they are not decent people. They're not. So when it comes down to it, the American people can see what's happening to Donald Trump being very unfair, being very cruel and illegal and unconstitutional. The fact that the entire governmental apparatus at a federal level has been weaponized against one man, the greatest threat to the swamp, and the greatest threat to the freedom of the people who have been harassing him and persecuting him and prosecuting him now since 2016, that they know that unlike all the other weak-kneed, mealy-mouthed, little mamby-pamby, waste-aways we call Republicans, that Donald Trump is going to hold them accountable. And people like Fauci and people like Biden and people like on and on it goes could face some jail time if Donald Trump gets back in, and the Democrats can't have that. Persecute, prosecute, eliminate. So it doesn't really change the trajectory, I believe, of of the campaign itself. It's still going to be Donald Trump all the way. So last night, whether you considered it a waste of time or not, yeah, there was, yeah, sort of kind of is, but it did a good job of exposing who Gavin Newsom and the typical leftist Democrats are. Okay, so last night the great debate happened between Gavin Newsom, California governor, and Ron DeSantis, Florida governor. Um, just some general observations, then some sound from last night coming up. First of all, Newsom revealed himself to be exactly who we knew he was. Gavin Newsom is a rude bully. Okay? A typical Democrat leftist, a rude bully. Spent the entire night talking over Hannity, talking over DeSantis. Hannity could not control him. When Hannity would ask him a direct question, he would shift the entire focus, shift the topic instead of straight answers. He asked him on a number of occasions, do you put any restrictions at all on abortion? Oh, it's a beautiful day outside, lots of sunshine out there, we got a beautiful sky. You know, he just went off on something that was totally unrelated, would not answer his questions. When he did talk, he screamed and, you know, it was just rude, with many verifiable lies. And the biggest lie that Gavin Newsom told last night, among the many, is, I'm not running for president, I'm not going to be in the campaign, I'm not running for president. No, Boker. He's running a shadow campaign because he knows what we all know. They're going to shuffle Joe off. Joe is incapable of being the nominee for next year. So they're going to shuffle him off. Now, my fear is they're going to put Michelle in there, what people have been telling me for three years now, that that's their, that is their um, dream. Uh, but Gavin Newsom is hoping he's going to be the guy that's ready to go. Now, the setup. I thought the set was right. I really did. Uh, I told you earlier this week my thoughts on presidential debates. They have become absolutely useless. 100% useless. They're a show for the television networks, and they are a time for the activists, quote, journalists, their activists is what they are, for the Democrat Party, to derail 
and take the air out of any kind of momentum that a Republican or a conservative has. That is why they have presidential debates. And as long as Mitt Romney's niece is the head of the Republican National Committee, that's what you're going to get. Because Mitt Romney is a Democrat, she's a Democrat, and she sits on top of the Democrat Party, or the Republican Party. Rona McDaniel. Rona Romney McDaniel. So what I said earlier this week is they should move it into a television studio, the presidential debates, have one moderator who is not from the media. And that one moderator tosses out one word to the two candidates. So as far as the the set last night, that's sort of what I had envisioned. Sean Hannity was sitting there, and then the two candidates, no studio audience, no people to scream, nothing like that was going on. If you were to do that, and you were to actually live by the time limits, and you had a couple of candidates that respected the situation and weren't screaming like Gavin Newsom did last night over everybody, then you could have an actual debate that might turn out to be useful where you got some information from the debate itself. Now, those are my general thoughts and takes. Now, at the at 6.35, I'll go ahead and play the sound for you. I've got three or four cuts here from last night that I think are pretty important that, that you get a chance to hear. And, and it really did put the nail in the coffin of anything that Gavin Newsom was attempting to do, or it really did expose him for who he is. And DeSantis did a really good job last night. Debbie, you're on KTSA with Trey. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. Got my red shirt on already. And first off, you weren't there last week. So I did want to say for myself and probably all your listeners, I am thankful and grateful for you and for Nancy for all the time you spend finding these clips and finding this honest, true news that you give us, because then I don't have to. So thank you very much. We are very thankful for you. That's very sweet. Thank you so much. Regarding last night's debate, first off, I don't, it was I don't understand what the whole purpose of it was because it was a presidential candidate running against a guy who swears he isn't going to run. <laughs> right. So the only thing I could figure was somebody set that up for him to just bash because he did nothing except bash. That's right. Um, DeSantis and he, every time they'd ask him a question, he wouldn't answer it. He'd go back and revert to. How else can I bash DeSantis? That's and right. I don't know that I do or don't like him because I'm like you. I think Trump did a lot for America. So if he's running, I would vote for him. But uh, I think DeSantis did a good job of holding his cool until the end when he had to get that little smug remark in about maybe Trump would show up for something. Right. But I think Sean Hannity had no control over it. I liked the stage. I thought it was all good. They were missing one thing, and that was the shut-off button for the mic because yes. I wanted so many times <laughs> to just shut that smug face up. Uh, I never slap someone in the face, but I just wanted to slap them. Debbie, uh, I was like, thinking the same thing. I was, And thank you for your call. Thank you for your kind comments. I was thinking the same thing. Get a mic switch on that dude and shut it down. Let's see here. Good morning, Trey. This is a, uh, a text. You seem... A little surprised that a leftist like Captain Hair Gel would lie that the very nature of Democrat uh, Communist Party. No, I'm not surprised at all. No, what I said was, I'm not surprised. What I said was, he showed himself to be who he truly is. Gavin Newsom did. And yes, I totally agree with Debbie. Somewhere in the hallowed halls of Fox News, I think this thing was set up to make, News, or make uh, uh, DeSantis look bad again. 
let's see here, another text. Uh, Ron did a, a good job. If you were deciding if you were going to move uh, to Florida or California, and I agree with your last caller, Debbie, uh, we missed you and glad to have you back. Well, I, I appreciate that very much, and I, I certainly do uh, appreciate Sean and everybody for, for uh, taking care of the, 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 the show while I was out. I really appreciate that very much. It makes me feel like I can go on vacation and, and just relax, which is something that we did a lot of last week. It was really kind of cool. Okay, let's dive into uh, some of last night's debate moments. And where do I want to start? I think, I think, I think I'll start with cut number seven, Ron DeSantis giving some credit to Gavin Newsom for some wonderful freedoms that they experience in California. At one point, tried to say that California was the freedom state. And I just kind of laughed, like you're locking people down, you're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it, you know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open-air drug market and use drugs. You have a freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California, and the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. That's right. Okay, in cut number five. Oh, what? Hold on a second. a minute. Wait, what, what, what? When I was a kid, pitching a tent had a whole different meaning. <laughs> well, of course it did. <laughs> not the, it's not the same anymore. You know, why am I not surprised he takes it to Dirty Town? Every of course time. he does. <laughs> Man, what a perv. Yeah. Um, okay, so in, in cut number five, I'm moving on. As you can tell, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> cut number five, Ron DeSantis, um, he brought uh, teaching aids. It was kind of like show and tell. Just so you'll know, the poop mess in San Francisco, I, I know this is breakfast time and I know that, but the, 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 this is reality. The poop mess in San Francisco has gotten so bad that there are apps you can download on your phone to give you warnings as to where it is on the streets of San Francisco. So DeSantis brought a map from one of the apps that showed it. And the entire city of San Francisco is covered in human poop. Listen to this. This is, this is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered, because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags That's there. Right. They cleaned everything up. So they're That's willing so to do it for a communist dictator, so but they're not willing to do it for their own people. That's, That's, a, That's a million percent correct. Just last week, Xi Jinping comes to town. They clean up. They take the homeless guys and they shove them away. They clean up the poop on the streets. All the guys who are zombies walk around because they're on Trank. You can look up Trank if you want to. It's a horse uh, uh, liniment. Anyway, they're on that. They're injecting that in San Francisco in great ways. And so they're all walking around like zombies. Their limbs are falling off. Remember Michael Jackson's thriller, the guy's limbs falling off because they're old dead guys? That's what you've got in San Francisco. That's what it looks like out there with poop all over the streets. It's bad. It's horrible. And Gavin Newsom is largely responsible. He's not the only one who did this to, to California, but he's largely responsible for it.
All right, so this was the nail in the coffin for last night. Debate should have been over at this point. Let's just call it a night and go to the house. Gavin Newsom (laughs) brought up this absurd point that he was trying to make, that more people are moving to California from Florida than than the other way around. There's We have tons of people coming here to California from Florida, which simply is a verifiable lie. That's not true at all. More people have been coming to Texas, and many of you came from California, so you know, and to Florida, than any other state or states in the country. There is a mass exodus out of California, and it's all verifiable. You can look at the census numbers all day long. So Gavin Newsom showed himself last night to be the typical Democrat lying bully that all Democrats are. They lie and they bully their opponent, and that's what Gavin Newsom did during that entire debate last night. Talked all over Sean Hannity. Hannity couldn't get a word in edgewise, nor could DeSantis. Ron DeSantis put to rest once and for all the story of, in cut number six, the story of who's moving where. Listen to this. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. And, and why, are we, why are we getting people to come? We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. You don't see, in the last 10 years, we've had a 45% decline in homelessness. California's had a 45% increase in homelessness. Yeah. We back the blue. I was walking the streets of San Francisco a there, Don. We can, we can leave it there because I want to run out of time here, and I want to get uh, another thought in here. Did this change the Republican candidacy and what's going on in the Republican primary? No, it did not. It did not, not one little bit. Um, it, it, in fact, I, it, I don't think it changed American politics at all. And that is something that I said earlier in the week, that this is going to be useless as far as changing anything that's going on in our political landscape. Right? Gavin Newsom lied his butt off again last night when he said he's not going to, he's not running a campaign for president. Yes, he is. He's running a shadow campaign. That's why he went to Ukraine. That's why he tried to go to Israel. That's why he went to China and kowtowed to Xi Jinping. That's why he did everything that he has been doing in the past 12 months or more because he knows what we all know Joe can't run next year. There's no way. It's a game right now. It's a ruse they're playing right now. They're going to bring somebody in in their summer at their convention. My fear is what people have been telling me is going to come true, and that's going to be Michelle Obama. <clears throat> but anyway, Gavin is hoping that it's going to be him, and that's why he wanted to do this last night. I, I think that ser- served another purpose because somebody somewhere is trying to get at uh, Ron DeSantis, and they wanted Gavin Newsom to read the talking points and try to beat up Ron DeSantis. But the opposite is what happened last night. I think it made DeSantis look good, and I. But he, and, and I, I do like him, but he is. It's not going to change what's happening in the Republican primary right now. And the reason for that is, I think, many fold. First of all, most of us who are voting age, we remember a couple of years ago. We remember how things were going. We remember that America was on the right track. We remember how great it was under Donald Trump, and that's why you've got people like Chris Cuomo saying he could vote for Donald Trump, while you have the BLM leader saying, no, no, I'm voting for Donald Trump. I support Donald Trump. You're seeing 
all these people beginning to wake up and realize, hey, we had it really good three years ago, and now we're being attacked, and now everything is too expensive, and now, 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 now. The other thing that Donald Trump has going for him right now, people in this country are fair and decent people for the most part with the exception of Democrats. They are not fair and they are not decent people. They're not. So when it comes down to it, the American people can see what's happening to Donald Trump being very unfair, being very cruel, and illegal and unconstitutional the fact that the entire governmental apparatus at a federal level has been weaponized against one man the greatest threat to the swamp and the greatest threat to the freedom of the people who have been harassing him and persecuting him and prosecuting him now since 2016 that they know that unlike all the other weak-kneed, mealy-mouthed, little mamby-pamby, waste-aways we call Republicans, that Donald Trump is going to hold them accountable. And people like Fauci and people like Biden and people like on and on it goes could face some jail time if Donald Trump gets back in, and the Democrats can't have that. Persecute, prosecute, eliminate. So it doesn't really change the trajectory, I believe, of, of the campaign itself. It's still going to be Donald Trump all the way. So last night, whether you considered it a waste of time or not, yeah, there was, yeah, it sort of kind of is, but it did a good job of exposing who Gavin Newsom and the typical leftist Democrats are. So uh, Dick Durbin, Senator Dick Durbin, is running a committee that is hearing from these nominees that Joe Biden has put up. It's senators, you know, hey, where were you in 1972? You know, that kind of thing. Except one thing. Mr. Durbin is not letting Republicans speak. Oh, man, they went on for like 15 minutes on this yesterday. I was trying to find a, play, a, a place I could play the audio for you, but it just went on and on and on. They were just arguing over whether or not Republicans should be allowed to speak at this committee hearing. That's what I'm saying. When I say the Democrats, they've lost their minds. They're doing everything they can to make sure Republicans don't have a voice in Washington, D.C., because they know that the American people are waking up to who they are. But the other thing that Dick Durbin did yesterday, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee issued a request for the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs to be released. And Dick Durbin said no. No subpoena, no request will come out of this body to see the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs. So clearly, Mr. Durbin and the Democrats are covering for a dead pedo. You have to ask the question, why can't we see the flight logs? Why can't we see the manifest? The man's been dead for four years. His cohort in crime is in prison for the rest of her life. Why? Can we not see the flight logs from the Lolita Express? Now, you know why, and I know why. Because some very rich and very powerful people were on that airplane going to his little touchy-feely island. That's why. So the Democrats are covering for a dead pedo who's been gone for four years. There's no reason in the world why we can't see that. 
You hear me talk about mainstream media all the time and how they're propaganda, and I talk about ABC all the time, but you know the same could apply to you know NBC and CBS and all the rest. And Fox News is getting just as bad these days. But I want to read for you a tweet from ABC yesterday. Our beloved hometown network ABC. Here's the tweet. Police in Dallas have issued an arrest warrant for Buffalo Bills linebacker Vaughn Miller for allegedly assaulting a pregnant person. I'm sorry, ABC. That's not a pregnant person. That's a pregnant woman. But you see, when you hear me talk about their agenda and what they're doing, I like to point out for you exactly how they're playing the game. She's not a pregnant person. She's a pregnant woman. All right, Warren Ryman coming up next, KTSA. KTSA.